Hello and welcome back to the On The Bench podcast with me, your host, Will. We are episode three, our second weekend into the podcast. I hope you all had a great week. I hope you all enjoyed a Saturday of football and are enjoying your weekend. Premier League, National League, other leagues, great day of football all rounds. Uh, I'm currently recording this as Newcastle are playing Arsenal. It's currently 2-0 Arsenal as I am recording this, so... I think it's like 25 minutes in, I think. So, seems to be comfortable there. Seems that Arsenal will be keeping the pressure on City and Liverpool. Uh, like always, thank you very much for the support on the podcast so far. I think we're up to, I think we've got like 13 five stars on Spotify. Really appreciate all the support. Make sure to keep on sharing the podcast around. Rate it on your preferred platform, podcast platform. And make sure to go over and follow us on Twitter at OnTheBenchCast. So let's get firstly into the Premier League three o'clocks. Uh, some great games to be actually. I've enjoyed following along. Obviously not watching because we can't do that. Uh, but enjoyed listening along to them. Especially, we'll start off with this game. Especially uh, Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest. 4-2, six goal thriller. I enjoyed this. Um, I think Ollie Watkins, I think it was a goal... And an assist for Ollie Watkins, I think. He's on absolute fire. You just have to you have to rate the boy. Um obviously it was obviously it was a comfortable first half for Villa, but then Forrest applied some pressure to get it back to three two and Villa sealed it. Leon Bailey out in front four two. Um great game for the neutrals, I imagine. But obviously no neutrals probably watching. <laughs> but um a good game. Speaking about Ollie Watkins, I think I was thinking about this earlier. I think I put a tweet out about this, actually. Um, about who would you say has been the best player in the Premier League so far this season? I think there's not been too many standouts as, as I've normally been. Obviously, last season, the standout was hardened pretty much throughout the season. Obviously, he has, he has had some injuries, but it's still flying. So, he might get there by the end of the season. But I think uh, up to this point now, I think the shouts are sort of... Ollie Watkins, Phil Foden, I've seen some shouts. Mo Salah, I've seen some shouts. And obviously... Erling as well, but I think personally, maybe just because he's playing for a bit of a smaller team um, in the table compared to like City and Liverpool or Arsenal or etc. Um, I think Aston Villa, um, Ollie Watkins for Aston Villa has got to be up there at the minute for player of the season so far. He's just been absolute, on absolute fire. I'm, I'm not sure what the stats are, but I think he's something like 25 goal and assists so far, something around that mark. Absolutely unreal. If you would have told me a couple of seasons ago, Ollie Watkins would be doing that, then it is crazy. Will he end up going to the Euros? Probably. So obviously Callum Wilson's not. I think he's. I think he must be injured. I've not seen him play for what feels like ages. Obviously, it will depend on how many strikers Gareth takes. If he only takes two, he might take Tony. But Ollie Watkins is having a great season and in great stead. Um, not great for Forest. Still near the bottom of the table, but. Not too bad. Great game. 4-2 Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest. Moving on to the next game of the three o'clocks. Brighton Everton, a great little scrap from what I've heard on the commentary. One all apiece at Brighton. Red card for uh, Billy Gilmore late into the second half. Uh, from what I heard, it was a dominant display by Brighton in the first half, but Everton came flying out of traps in the second with a goal and a late on equaliser for Brighton. Um assist Pascal Gross again you guys if you've been listening know how I feel about Pascal Gross he's my FPL man I feel like I've had him pretty much since the start and he's just cooked I think that's 10 assists now maybe 4 goals like that 
he is absolutely cooking. And I was listening this morning to a FPL podcast because my FPL is slightly muddied, so I think I could do some help there. But people are talking about Pascal Gross, and I'm like, I was there. I'm, I'm a Pascal Gross OG, but glad to see he's doing well. Good points for Everton, considering uh, it'll be good for them in the relegation scrap. Um, yeah, one all Brighton Everton. Moving on to the third game of the three o'clocks, a big game for Oliver Glasner, his first as a manager. A lovely three nil Palace win over Burnley. Obviously, some might say a nail in the coffin for Burnley in relegation, but obviously still decent little bit of the season left. Who knows? But it's looking unlikely. Um, three nil Palace, not too much to say. Um, obviously didn't watch the game, but. What can I say? A good win for Palace and good for Oliver Glasner. I'm sure he'll be happy with that and obviously keen to get the players back like Elise, Eze and Gehi. Moving on to the fourth and final, I believe, three o'clock game in the Premier League. United, Fulham, what an absolute game. Uh, United won, Fulham two at Old Trafford. Massive win for Fulham, 97th winner, Alex Awobi. I watched the highlights of this game. It was an interesting game. Um, obviously, Maguire scored late on for United. Looked like a likely draw. Um, it's very first time viewing that goal. It did look like Maguire was off, but no, he was on. So it looked like a draw, but a lovely little counter from Adama Traoré finding Alex Awobi to make it 2-1 to Fulham. Great win for them. Not good for United's top four hopes. Um, obviously, they still could make it, but if Spurs gets back into good form, I feel like it will be them finishing in the fourth spot. Obviously, with the reform of the Champions League, uh, if United do get fifth, still might feature in the Champions League next season. But obviously, not great times for United. Well, they're in good form, but obviously, unfortunate to them to lose Rasmus Holland to injury. Um, and it's Obviously, he's important in the last few games of them have shown. With that, lost Fulham. But big win for Fulham, and I'm sure it was limbs for the Fulham fans in the away end. Then, um, it was the early evening game, which I did watch a decent amount of, down on the south coast at Bournemouth. It finished Bournemouth nil, Manchester City won. Uh, from what I watched and heard, a bit of a grinding out result for City. Um, I think Bournemouth probably could have scored at some point. Probably should have scored at some point. But a goal by that man, Phil Foden. He's in a great form this season. I think 16 goals in all comps for him. Um, I'll talk a bit later on about his involvement in England Euros. What And see what you guys think um, about the Euro squad. But obviously important for Manchester City to keep that pressure on Liverpool. It would have been obviously big if they drop points there so that was Premier League so far obviously as I'm recording this the Arsenal Newcastle game still going on 2-0 Arsenal currently but good for them in the Prem now moving on from the Prem results a couple things I want to talk about uh, from Saturday's games in other parts of the English League which are important I wanted to quickly mention obviously Torquay the Torquay situation Torquay drew to a war with Avely um, I'm sure it was a absolutely amazing atmosphere in Torquay I'm sure you've all heard of the uh, about Torquay United going into administration um, I'm not going to pretend I know too much about the club of club history of Torquay but obviously I know they've been in the FL for a long time have had a sort of steady-ish decline from 
League Two in the last ten years. Um, I've been to Torquay. I think I think I've been to Torquay once. Not that ground, just the place Torquay. Um, so I'm not going to pretend I know too much about that. But obviously, it's never nice seeing a club going into administration struggling, especially when it holds such a big impact on the community, especially these these types of clubs. So obviously, I wish all the best to Torquay United and their fans um, off the pitch and for the rest of the season. Now, going back to Friday's game in the Championship, obviously a big one leads United against Southampton. Um, not Southampton, sorry, Leicester. Uh, yeah, Leeds, Leicester, 3-1 win to Leeds. I think they're about six points behind Leicester in the Championship now. That might be a little good little battle for first and second in the remaining games of the Championship. Um, from what I've seen, it was an interesting game, I think. Maybe on different days, a different outcome. But obviously Leeds will be happy with that. A nice, good home win against top of the league. Looking into the championship, um, the promotion and playoff places. Uh, some teams obviously lurking around. Norwich lurking around there. Obviously Hull, West Brom, uh, I think in the low sort of playoffs. I believe Coventry, Preston are down there. Who will finish where in the championship promotion sports playoffs? No one knows, which is why the championship is one of the favourites leagues uh, especially in England obviously just because there's so many games so much madness who knows what will happen there but good luck to all teams there so that's been the England games so far which is Friday and Saturday tomorrow of course or might be today depends when this podcast goes out the Carabao Cup final Chelsea Liverpool of course I'll be watching Um, my predictions I'll predict a 2-1 Liverpool win Will it go to penalties? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want it to go to penalties necessarily. Um, obviously, I've seen a few bits of talk, as there always is in a build-up to a uh, final of a trophy. Uh, obviously, people might have seen the stuff at Pochettino saying uh, about the referee not to get um, swayed by anything. I think that's just classic talk for a cup final from Pochettino, to be honest, try and get into people's heads, try and get people rattled. Um, not too much to look into there, but obviously I'll be watching and that should be a good game for both and neutrals. Um, one last thing on the English leagues as we look forward to next week. Monday, obviously the massive game of Maidstone Coventry in the next round of the FA Cup. I'm sure 99.99999% of people will be cheering for Maidstone, obviously, unless you're a Coventry fan. Um course i'll be watching supporting george alakobion and the maidstone boys obviously want them to win um who knows the magic of the FA cup you never know obviously Coventry did just lose 3-0 to preston so you never know obviously hoping all the best there for maidstone before we move on to talking about a little euros early euros obviously we like to talk about the euros even though it's a few months away before we get into that a few little interesting facts i saw throughout the week which i thought i'd just bring into the podcast um obviously going back to european competitions midweek uh, barcelona and robert Lewandowski scored for barcelona this is a fun little fact which you might have seen might not have seen uh Barcelona scored in the knockouts of Champions League for the first time in 1,078 days. Yes, you heard that right. 1,078 days since their last um, goal in the Champions League knockout stages, which was obviously Messi, Barcelona, Messi, Barcelona, um, and Lewandowski scored that in the week. And another big fact, obviously, the Leverkusen result. They've broken the record for most unbeaten in the Bundesliga history. That is 33 unbeaten. I think they're still eight points ahead. It could have been more, 
uh, if it wasn't for Caden's late winner for Bayern. 91st minute winner, I believe, against RB Leipzig. Now, mentioning Kane, that leads us in nicely. Look at that. Nice little, um, what do you call it? What do you call that? Segway. Nice little segue, that. Of Harry Kane. As I want to talk, I've seen a few of these uh, running around Twitter. And I think one would be mine, which I'll talk you through now, is people's thoughts on an early England Euro squad. I've written down thoughts of my potential England Euro squad. And when I read this out and go through it, it's not necessarily like in an ideal world what it would be, but just how things are with the makeup of the team, the makeup of the manager, mix of what's likely and what not likely. But let's go through it. Uh, this is my predicted, or maybe I guess slash idealish um, concept. England Euro squad as we near the summer. Uh, the Euros in Germany 2024. Starting in neck in net, it's got to be John Pickford. Um obviously Ramsdale is not playing for Arsenal. That's not even really an argument anymore. Obviously there was a period at the start of the season an argument over Ramsdale arrived for Arsenal, but Ramsdale's not really been playing. Um Obviously, Pope's been out for a while. And also, Pickford has always performed for England. I quite like him for England. So, Pickers is in net. Not too much argument there, I think. Moving on to the right-back scenario. Um, obviously, England have been blessed, I guess, with uh, right-backs in the right-back position. But I'm going to go with Carl Walker. Arguably the best right-back in Premier League history, just for his longevity and also trophies-wise with Man City. I think he's really important. Obviously, he's got the experience. I think his pace is really um, important, especially in if England gets later rounds against oppositions like they failed in the World Cup. Uh, France, obviously, they've got lots of quick players. Germany, Portugal, that sort of thing. But I think Walker's got to be there. Obviously, it, they are, there's arguments for Rhys James. I just don't see he'll be fit. And I don't think he'll be, deser- he'll be deserving of the place. Obviously, if it's like a game time, not necessarily his fault. But um, Trippier, obviously good set piece. I'll get onto him in a little, little bit. And Trent, I'll also get on to in a little bit as well. But I think Walker is the obvious option there in the map right back position moving on to my first centre back I've gone for Johnny Stones I think this is the probably least debated English centre back I think probably most people would agree the best English centre back not much to discuss there um, I'm moving on to his centre back partner <laughs> I've gone with big slabhead Harry Maguire obviously he might raise some eyebrows because the way I see it is there probably is better players like Tomori I can't say I've watched lots of Tomori because I don't watch Italian football like that. But I've got massive respect for Tomori. Um, and potentially some niche picks, Gahey, Dunk, whatever. But Maguire's not in terrible form for United as we speak. Um, and obviously he has done it for England, so we'll put him there. Uh, moving on to the left back, I've gone Luke Shaw. Now, a controversial opinion, I don't really like Luke Shaw that much. I think on his day he's all right, but I think overall he's not an amazing player. Um, I don't think England are particularly blessed in the left-back department. Obviously, Chilwell just seems to get injured a lot. Something about English Chelsea full-backs. Um, obviously, I mentioned Trippier early in the right-back position. Gareth Southgate has played Trippier uh, left-back in certain scenarios. Obviously, it's not ideal because obviously he's got that wonder right foot. But I could see Trippier playing left-back potentially. 
um, in some scenarios, but otherwise it's most likely to be sure. And going into the midfield, probably the part of the England team I'm most excited about the midfield, because just looking at it, it just makes me... Oh, it just makes me excited. Going into the, in like the defensive spot, obviously Declan Rice, not much debate there. Argument for signing of the summer, I think he's been absolute quality for Arsenal, to be fair to him. Um, big price tag, so, you know, people would be on him. I would be on him if he was shit, but he has been good. So, shout out to Declan Rice. Uh, I think that's pretty much nailed on. Obviously, the other nailed on English midfielder, obviously Jude. Injured for a bit, but obviously he's been arguably one of the best players in the world at such a young age for Real Madrid. Jude alongside him. And then my third midfielder I mentioned earlier regarding right back, I think it's got to be Trent. Some people might disagree, but I just think Trent provides so much going forward. I think he would link well with um, some attackers, which we'll get onto in a second, obviously. Uh, but I think he's just amazing. I think he's one of the best passes of the ball. Um in the whole Premier League, to be honest, especially that long pass, that long sort of switch, which he likes to do over the over the back to cause some opposition fullbacks defenders, obviously over the top for Luis Diaz or Salah, whatever. I just think his pass is amazing. Obviously, set pieces as well. Who knows? Can score a banger free kicks. Can score a banger long range, which you might get the opportunity to, obviously, in if he's in midfield. Um, so I think that midfield just Rice, Bellingham, Trent. I, I don't see how he can not get giddy and excited by the prospect of that midfield. Um, so far, I think the team's looking very good. As we move on to the attack, um, I'll save the most debated one till last. Uh, I'll start on obviously the striker, pretty much nailed on. Obviously, Harry Kane. I think if you were, I think if if you were going to say which England players are nailed on, I think you'd you'd say Stones, Rice, Bellingham, Kane. I think those four are the only ones which are potentially nailed on. Obviously, Kane cooking for Bayern might not win anything, but he's still cooking. Um, personally, with the goals, captain as well. Moving on to the right, I think there's only one option. Bakaya Saka, obviously, cooking for Arsenal. I don't think we've potentially seen the best of him for England, which I think might be a good time. Which I think potentially we will, actually, this summer. To be fair. I think we might see uh, the best of him for England this summer. Uh, obviously, it's been absolutely flying. Uh, there's... But there's not much competition here for really, because obviously year and a half game, I've said Sancho, but obviously he's fallen off a cliff and a half. So Saka on the right, Kane up top as we move on to the left, which you have seen some debate for. And the interesting thing is most time when you see debates of players, and if you're debating a player, you can't really see the argument. But the problem is I can see the argument for all the different options. Um, I've personally gone with Phil Foden. Obviously, he's cooking. I think he's one of England's best talent. I feel like skill-wise, I think he's absolutely unreal. I think, you know, people have raved about him. I, You know, I don't need to rave about him too much because everyone under the sun has. And I back it. He's unbelievable. Um, so I've gone Foden. Obviously, there has been the argument of Rashford. I've seen a few people put Sterling. Uh, before your laugh, um, obviously... Lots of people say the obvious one is Foden, and I do understand that. But I do think Sterling and Rashford do bring other things to Foden, which could be important in certain games. Firstly, Rashford, I think, is important to talk about Rashford, because he's not necessarily in great form, but when he is in form, he's obviously electric. Um, obviously different, he's stronger than Foden, he's got the pace in behind, which I think is important. You know, when you've got the likes of, obviously, especially Trent, but also Bellingham in the mid midfield, who can pick that pass in behind the team, obviously, if 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 you're 
trying to find someone in behind, you'd rather find Rashford than Ferdinand. Obviously, he's quicker. Now, on his days, when he's running, his power running Rashford is absolutely unreal. And then, obviously, open the body up and hopefully score. But So, I see that argument of Rashford. Um, Sterling... It's weird because I do. I actually personally, like, this is my personal preference. I really like Raheem Sterling as a football player. I obviously did it last year as a multiplications for England. Um, so it, I, I just, I'm a bit disappointed for him because obviously he's not been um, flying as much as he would want to at Chelsea. But whether you like it or not, he is a Premier League legend because obviously he's he's only 29. And he, he, and he's been in the Premier League for so long. Obviously, City, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Um, but I, it's just, I just think it's unlikely he's going to start in the majority of games. But who knows? Who knows? I, I, I do think on his day he brings a lot. Um, so who knows? But that's the team I've gone for so far. Obviously, lots of different debating points. Uh, if there's anything you'd change, which I'm sure there is, or if you want to send your teams over, um, you can send them over on the podcast Twitter at on the Benchcast on Twitter, or you can email us if you want to. You can have a little email if you don't like Twitter for some reason, which is understandable. You can email us at podcast on the bench at gmail.com. So the team is just to round up again Pickford, Walker Stones, Maguire, Shaw. Uh, into the midfield, Rice, Trent Bellingham, and into the attack, Saka, Kane, and Felipe Foden. So obviously we start to end. Uh, we start to enter the month of March. Obviously getting closer to those magical Euros, or hopefully magical Euros. Um, start getting to the obviously finishing line. We can start to see the finishing line of the end of the season, um, which is obviously very exciting. I think it'll be a really good end of the season in lots of leagues. Um, obviously in England and other leagues, you know, Bundesliga, for example. At the end of this season, obviously Klopp leaving. Good title race between City, uh, Liverpool and last, and obviously Champions, Champions League as well. But also I think lower leagues, you know, if, if there's one thing I've learned to appreciate in the recent years is the importance of the lower leagues. Obviously talking about Torquay, I think it is, you know, those sort of lowish, obviously it's still National League um, South, which is you know, still a pretty decent league, but obviously it's lower league compared to Premier League. I think it's so important these clubs, just like for communities and also for the people who who are part of the club, managers, physiotherapists, groundsmen, media people. I, th- I think it's really important. So obviously, uh, wish them the best. Um, before we end this weekend's episode, uh, going back, so I think I mentioned this in the last last episode. But we've got lots of plans for future episodes. Obviously, I want I want to do a whole podcast dedicated to football shirts because obviously I love my football shirts. I think I've got like 20, 25 maybe accounts last time in my collection They're from all over the place. So I want to do a um, specific podcast episode on that. Maybe get a sponsor. Who knows? Who knows? Any football shirt sponsors? Hit me up. Um, I want to do a whole episode on the importance of lower league football and. Um, new model ownership as well because I think there's lots of new and exciting lower league teams who are running the interesting way um, and obviously as we get to the end of the season episode on the end of the season awards I've got lots of cool and interesting plans which changes which I think might you know change the dynamic of the podcast a bit I want to um, introduce maybe, maybe a few quizzes because I love a football quiz so I think that's not there's nothing I've seen on a podcast before, especially a football podcast, because it's just me. Obviously, so uh, the main thing I think for me in a solo podcast is interacting with the audience, with you guys. So I think if I do maybe like a whole episode de- dedicated to like a football quiz, or have them in 
have a section in multiple podcasts. I think that'd be really interesting because who doesn't like a quiz, you know? So you can obviously play along at home. I'll give you some um, questions. You give you give me the answers, or just play play along at home. I think that'd be really interesting, and you know, grow your football knowledge because who doesn't love that? Um, and some other exciting things as well. So um, I think that's about it for today's episode. Um, as as I finish calling now, it's near the end of half-time in the Arsenal-Newcastle game. 2 in Arsenal. So probably a win for them, but who knows. Um, I think that's it for today's episode. So I'll probably see you uh, in the midweek if nothing changes. Um, but thank you very much for watching. If you've got any ideas or things you want to see in the podcast, like always, email me or via the Twitter. But thank you very much for watching. Uh, share podcast around with your friends. Give it a like. Give it a download. Uh, rate it five stars on your preferred podcast platform if you haven't already. And I will see you next time. Thank you all for listening and take care. Peace.